G'day guys, welcome back to another edition of the No Name Podcast. My name's Ross Katzenbarnas. Today's the 29th of May, nearly the end of May, nearly the middle of the year somehow. I uh, don't know how, but here we are. Um, Going to go through a few on this days, and uh, I've got a special segment for everyone here tonight uh, as well. Uh, that's interesting. So a few on this days, uh, on this day 1953, Sir Edmund Hillary and Tinzig Norgay uh, are the first to reach the summit, uh, first to climbs to reach the summit of Mount Everest, so good on them. Um, I mean, a lot of people since they've done it there, the they're the trailblazers, those two are the first ones. Um, I don't know why anyone in, in on earth would want to do it. I'm thinking about how I'm getting scared, um, but it's not, not my thing, but good on them. It's an absolutely amazing achievement, that's for sure. Uh, full credit full credit to them uh, for what they've done. I would, wouldn't, be, uh, wouldn't be doing it, that's for sure. Um, it's weird. Three years ago on this day, Tiger Woods was actually arrested for for driving under the influence of uh, alcohol in in Florida. Um, and since then, he's come back and won the Masters, and he seems to have turned his life around. So good on Tiger, but today wasn't a good day for him. That's for sure. Uh, in the, in the annals of history, uh, as they say, on this day in nineteen ninety one, uh, Red Star Belgrade uh, won the European Cup. Uh, it was nil nil after extra time against Marseille, and then they won 5-3 on penalties, uh, did they? And then, actually, on this day, 1985, um, Juventus beat Liverpool 1-0 at Heisel uh, in Brussels in the European Cup final, and uh, rest in peace to all those uh, Juventus, uh, and I think there was one Liverpool fan as well that were tragically killed in that in that accident. It was uh, in the stadium, stadium collapse and uh, issue between... Uh, between rival fans, terrible to say that any of there was any life of lot, uh, loss of life at a football game uh, or any sporting event. It's not, it's not good. Uh, on this day, nineteen eighty, Larry Bird beat out Michael Magic Johnson. Sorry, not Michael Jordan for the NBA's Rookie of the Year. So over the next decade, the Lakers and the Celtics would have an awesome rivalry, and uh, and and Bird and Magic were at the center of that. Uh, on this day in nineteen sixty eight, uh, Bobby Charlton. Scores a double, and Man United beat Benfica at Wembley to win their first European Cup four-one. Uh, so good on good on them uh, on this day. Actually, on this day in uh, uh, nineteen sixty-five, we got a double. So Fred Stolle, the Australian, he beat Tony Roach in four sets uh, at the French French Championships, now known as the French Open. And uh, on that same day, Leslie Turner, Turner Bowery, also won. She was also an Australian. So as I said, you know. Uh, you don't see two Australians winning Grand Slam titles anymore, that's for sure. Not the same one in the same year. Um, but my main one tonight, the great man Les Zig of the Collingwood Rant fame is putting up uh, his top 15, uh, 15, to, 15 to 11, 10 to 6, uh, 5 to 1 moments of Collingwood shit me, Collingwood irritating him over his sort of 45 years or so of, of barracking and watching Collingwood. Um, and... I've had him on the No Name podcast before, uh, the old Sly, so I thought I'd do mine. So it's been 20 years. So this is sort of everything post-2000. So there's a whole heap of stuff. So I actually did a top 10 of Collingwood shit me moments um, that, that just really shit Honestly, they, they really, really shit me the wrong way. Um, number 10 is probably a bit low for some. 
Carlton played, or Collingwood played Carlton in 2017, uh, about three years ago on this, almost no, the 6th of May, um, 2017. There's 70,000 MCG, Saturday afternoon. It's the 125 anniversary game. Collingwood's wearing a special jumper. They're playing Carlton, who are a bunch of dogs. Uh, we don't like Carlton. It's it's a big game. There's supposed to be a big gala thing that night. And it just happens that that day I'm, my actual, uh, my my uh, local football club Collegians are also playing their 125th anniversary game as well. Um, we managed to win that, the, the mighty Lions against Old Melbournians. But I had the pleasure of being in hospital that day after, um, yes, having having uh, a lot of issues over the previous couple of weeks with what ended up being a burst appendix uh, that went totally undiagnosed. Um, so, yeah. I had a lot of uh, a lot of toxins flying around in my uh, my stomach and my upper upper leg region for a couple of weeks due to that when I probably should have just had my appendicitis appendix taken out. And at that stage, they didn't really know what what the uh, what the issue was. They didn't know that it was just a burst appendix. They were saying that it could have been a thousand other things, including you know some pretty dreadful and awful things too. Um, I was watching a game. I was watching the game on my uh, on my laptop. Or my, so my iPad at the time, my iPad or my tablet or whatever the hell it was, laptop. And uh, the doctor told me this awful information that basically uh, the previous doctors that I should have had at another hospital should have told me. So it was fantastic to hear this information. Whilst I was watching Collingwood play, and it was a shit day, it was pissing down rain, it was cloudy, it was, it was yuck. It was just not a very nice day, um, that's for sure. And uh, I remember, I, I honestly remember it very well being so pissed off, not at the fact that all this like shit was happening to me, but the fact that Collingwood were playing like genuine dogs. I've never seen any club, I've never seen any side at Collingwood's side look more inept. Now Carlton that year, I don't even know how many wins Carlton had that year. Um, I reckon Carlton would have finished in the, uh, like we weren't much top, I think we finished... 13th in 2007, uh, yeah, we, Collingwood finished 13th, Carlton finished 16th, uh, we won nine games, they won six games, they were shit, right, Carlton were basically crap, um, I'm looking at the Carlton side now, it's pretty different now to what it was back then, but literally, Collingwood did not lead, the only time Collingwood led was in the first 12 minutes of the first 13 minutes of the game, when after 12 minutes, oh, we literally led for a a minute of the game, um, because in the 12th minute, the steel side bottom kicked a behind, uh, and in the 13th minute, Carlton had kicked a goal. And that was the only time for the entire day that Collingwood was in front. So for literally no more than a minute of the 116 minutes of game time was Collingwood in front. So it was just, it was just shit. It was really awful. Um, I didn't, didn't really enjoy it at all. And uh, it was lovely to be told that you could have all these things that were wrong with you, and uh, at the same time, having to watch your football side being beaten in a game that meant so much to the club and the fans and, and everything and everyone um, against an absolutely hapless and inept Carlton side. And it really, it genuinely pissed me off. Like, I've never never been more annoyed um, until the next week. Um, so that was my number 10. So I'm looking at the, the Carl, Collingwood players. Like, there's, look, there's you know, a few players that have gone on since then, like, Broomhead's still on my list. Uh, Fasolo is no longer there. He's retired, so is Goldsack. Um, but the, the majority, Jackson Ramsey as well, bit of an unforgotten player. He had about 433 injuries, the poor, poor bloke. Um, that was one of his last games for Collingwood. Uh, Josh Smith as well. He's no longer at Collingwood. 
but yeah, the, the majority of the side is still there. So we've, we had a decent side. And, you know, looking at Carlton's side, Cripps, Cripps had a day out that day. Petrescu seaton kicked a couple of goals. He played pretty well. Uh, I'm just having a look at... Uh, Having a look at the other Carlton players, but you know guys like Billy Smith, Tom Williamson, Matthew Wright, uh, Sam Rowe, uh, Nick Graham. Um, Nick Graham, good on him, good footballer. You know tries hard, but he was no star at AFL level. Good player at VFL level, but my goodness, if he was getting if he was kicking goals on you, um, you were having a pretty crap day. Uh, Cripps Cripps had twenty five. He was pretty dominant that day. From what I can remember, I try not to remember too much because I was sick and uh, I wasn't feeling that great. And, and Collingwood made me feel even worse. So thank you, Collingwood. Um, that was until the next week when we played GWS and managed to, in Collingwood style, grasp uh, grasp victory or grasp defeat from the good jaws of victory, which was also just as bad, but probably not as painful because I wasn't in as much physical pain. And having to watch... Collingwood try over the years has caused me a substantial amount of physical uh, and mental pain as well. I can, I can assure everyone of that. Uh, that was number 10. Number 9 of things that Collingwood should need. This is more just a general one. Collingwood being a perpetual lightning rod for people to talk about daily. Uh, this is, you know, people in the footy media. From player contracts to play Mr. Meters to crap that Eddie says that gets thrown back on the football club um, to sort of I mean, there's two coaches that I can really remember in my time, Mick Malthouse and Nathan Buckley, like the stuff they say. Like, there's so much crap that gets said in the AFL world, but it seems as like Collingwood says it more. Um, I'm at, you know, I'm at liberty to say this, but I know someone that worked, uh, he's actually a very big Collingwood man. Uh, he doesn't write in the football section at all, but I think he still writes, uh, I think he still writes, I'll have to, uh, yeah, he still writes at the Herald Sun. Uh, this man, but he's a big Collingwood man, but he doesn't he doesn't write on footy. He writes on something completely different. I'm not gonna say what, but it's completely unrelated to football. Um, he said something like he said something to uh, some mutual friends of mine, some good friends of mine that Collingwood. Every time there's a Collingwood logo on the front page or the back page of the paper, um, or there's a Collingwood story or something to do with Collingwood, the Herald Sun over the like the last twenty. This is probably like ten years ago. Over the previous twenty years had sold like an extra five or 10,000 copies that day on average when Collingwood was on as compared to sort of the previous day or, and the day after. Um, so I think there's always this weird thing. Like I remember a few years ago as a kid, like Damien Monkhorst um, was having trouble in his plumbing business paying, you know, some supplies on time or something. And Monkey, who's an absolute legend of a man and, and a good bloke, whatever, he was having some troubles at the time. You know what? Not my issue, not, you know, anyone else's issue, Right. Um, for some reason, Monkey, who'd been retired for 10 years, who was actually an assistant coach to Hawthorne as a ruck coach, somehow it got put, reported out, oh, former Collingwood Premiership legend, and there was a Magpie logo there like next to his name. It's like, really? Is this crap like needed? You know, things like Travis Cloak's contract in 2012, talked about for years, Dale Thomas's in 2013. Um, just anything Mick, Mick Malthouse or Nathan Buckley said would just get blown out of proportion. Sometimes Eddie would like. Sometimes Eddie says stuff on his on his breakfast radio show or whatever, or in his other media roles, and people just target Collingwood. It it genuinely shits me. Um, even when it's got nothing to do with it. So that really frustrates me. So that's number nine. 
Um, number eight, Nuffy fans. Collingwood, we've got plenty of Nuffy fans. There's a lot of Bogans. There's a lot of weirdos. There's a lot of good people, actually, too. Right? There's a lot of smart, intelligent people, but you wouldn't know it because of, of the stuff that's floated around about Collingwood fans. But I will give you something that really irritates me about Collingwood fans. Like, there's no tomorrow. Um, Nuffy fans who have booed our premiership players who for their own reasons or for reasons of the club, have moved on. So I'm thinking about guys like Heath Shaw, uh, Travis Cloak, Dale Thomas, Harry O'Brien. So guys that moved on for different reasons. You know, Harry O wanted to leave. Dale Thomas got a you know, godfather offer. Travis Cloak kind of wanted to leave as well. And Heath Shaw was kind of half pushed out the door, half knew he was probably going to go anyway. Um, and then I sort of add... You can add even other players as well. Like you can add sort of guys like I went, I went to Collingwood game a couple of years ago, and the fans, the Collingwood fans, like not directly near me because they're a bit more uh, educated and a bit more well rounded. And if they did, I'd turn around and tell them exactly what I thought. But all these morons were booing Gary Abbott. I'm thinking, why are you booing Gary Abbott? He's played 350 games of league footy. Like leave him alone. Um, you know, same sort of same sort of stuff like Adam Goods and stuff as well. Like. Just booing for the sake of booing. But the Collingwood Premiership players really irritated me. Like, I remember sitting there as Travis Cloak was lining up for 55 metres out, and I thought, yep, he's taking a mark. He'll probably go back and kick a goal because he's Trav. He likes him far out, and he roosts him pretty well. He roosted one for the doggies, and he kicked a goal in the first quarter. And the whole crowd was booing him as he kicked. And I thought, you know what? Travis Cloak gave 11 fantastic, or 12 fantastic seasons at Collingwood. Tremendous service. I think I was hearing today that I was reading actually before that. I think there's only like five or six players in the history of the Collingwood Football Club, so nearly 130 years, uh, who have kicked more goals than him in a Collingwood jumper. So, Nuffy fans who boo their own players—that's what shits me about Collingwood—is that we just, you know, it's it's you know we can't remember the fact that you know these players were great players for us and they've moved on. Um, I just don't get what it is. Um, it shits me. Another game, another game that really does not sit well with me, and it's one of the things that shits me about football and it shut me about football at the time and I'm glad that I don't have it anymore. Priority draft picks 2005. It's round uh, round 19. Um, don't go to the game. I didn't go to the game at the time uh, because I was playing local footy and I remember the game started, our tech game started until clock whatever and it was back in the day of um, no, not all the games were live and they weren't live, live on Sunday into Melbourne on free to wear. Um, so I remember listening to Dad on the car home. Now Collingwood are playing North Melbourne. I think North were going for finals. Collingwood have barely won a game all year. So at the, I think at the, at the 25 minute mark, um, with not that long to go, Collingwood is 14 14 98. Uh, Nathan Muckley's kicked a goal at the 25 minute, oh, he's kicked behind 25 minute mark. Now 14 14 98 to North Melbourne's 11 14 80. Uh, in the next seven minutes of the game, uh, Sav Rocker kicks a goal, dagger into the heart. Shane Grant kicks two goals in the space of 30, you know, a minute. And then Nathan Thompson takes a mark and kicks a goal as well. Um, literally right on the siren to, to seal a six-point win for the Kangaroos. And he does his famous double cobra. Um, literally that game, I honestly think Collingwood played dead because if we'd won one more game, we would have missed out on a priority pick. Um, luckily for us, uh, there were no CSM moments at the draft and we managed to pick up Thompson penalty with our... Uh, two picks, Dale Thomas being the priority pick at number two, uh, which was which was beneficial to Collingwood, uh, and actually sort of set up set us up for twenty ten. But I just 
there's something that just does not sit well with me about a club going out there. And I've watched the replay a few times and players going out there not giving that much and players, you know, being played in different positions. It just, oh, it just, it shits me. It's not, it's not right. Um, and, and it still doesn't sit well with me. So I hope, um, well, I'm glad now that the priority pick's been, been canned. So that, that sort of stuff doesn't happen again, but it was just, oh, it's just irritating to, to go there to football for a couple of years and know that your football club is shit, but also that they didn't really want to win games. It wasn't good. It just sort of typified that 2004-2005 era of Collingwood. Um, now, things that shit me next on this 2012 AFL draft is at number six. So 2012, uh, I was 18 that year, so that was kind of my my level of uh, people that were getting drafted into the AFL. So at this time, um, we're talking about guys, like I think number one in that draft was Lockie Whitfield. Uh, Number, I can't remember who was, um, number two was Jonathan O'Rourke, actually, Lockie Plower, number three, they went to GWS, um, Jimmy Tumpus, Jake Stringer, Jack McCray. Now, Collingwood, we had one pick, I think we had, we had, uh, we had pick 18 in the draft, uh, and I think, well, we had the last, one of the last picks, uh, we had pick 18 in the draft, and then we got, Eight, no, we got pick nine, 19. We had pick 19, and we had pick 18 traded to us from West Coast for Sherrod Wellingham. Um, and then we also had pick 20, uh, which had been traded by Melbourne to us, and, and we'd, uh, we'd sent Chris Dawes to Melbourne. Uh, so literally, with those three picks, you get three first-round draft picks. There's not many drafts, but you get you know two first-round draft picks and one at the start of the second. You know, inside the top 20, you get three picks, right? Um one of them, the first one was Brody Grundy. The second one was a guy called Ben Kennedy, who, look for all his all his uh, all his efforts. He, he, I'll give him that. He tried hard, but he was just he was undersized. He probably wasn't. Um, I think he was one seventy five centimeters, seventy eight kilos. He's good little small nugget. He plays one of those guys that was a, was a gun in the VFL, but just not quite good enough at AFL level. And pick twenty is a guy called Tim Broomhead, who's best mates with Brody Grundy, who's still on our list eight years later. He's played thirty six games. Um, the bloke's had the most unfortunate run with injuries. It's the most Collingwood thing of all time. Every time he looks like he's actually going to play a couple of games and and string some games together, he, he injures his knee, or he I think he tried to toe poke a ball and he snapped it. He snapped his leg in half basically two years ago against GWS against the Gold Coast. Um, it's the most CSM thing of all time. But I look at you know, some of the other players that were picked later on in that draft. Um, and I just think to myself, I think, oh, why could Collingwood not have picked these guys up? Like, you look at guys like Tim Membry, Collingwood screaming out for a key forward. Uh, looking at guys like uh, Lockie Hunter as well. He got picked up by the, he got picked up by the doggies, his father, son. But, like, we, you know, we couldn't have done too badly by actually putting a, putting, putting a pick of him up. Uh, you know, at least sort of making a bid for him. Um, even guys like there's other guys in that draft too, like guys like Michael or Mark Hutchings that got picked up by West Coast. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of there were a lot of players. Rory Atkins actually went to um he went to Adelaide at pick like eighty or something. So there's a lot of blokes that got picked up in that draft, and even even in the uh even in the pre even in the uh the rookie draft as well. Like there were some there's some half okay players that that got picked up that you think. Like Calum Sinclair that was at uh was at West Coast and now at uh now at Sydney. Uh Carl Hardigan, he's played a lot of footy at Adelaide over the last 
six or seven years, key defender. Um, again, like there's so many players that Collingwood could have picked up, but we didn't. Um, and that's the thing. It just shits me. Like one of these drafts, we get, get three picks inside the top 20, and um, look, one of them's a, an absolute star, but the other two, you'd hope that they play 100 games. You know, you hope they play 250 games. You know, they're probably not going to, but you know, you hope at least they play 100 games or. Um, stick around for a while, but yeah, that they're just injury cursed, and and that's that's Collingwood, sadly. Um, yeah, but Collingwood shits me. Uh, number six. Uh, so that was number six. Number five is the two thousand and thirteen AFL draft. Now I shit you not, the AFL in two thousand and thirteen. I think we had, um, we had a pick at pick ten. Yeah, so our initial pick was pick ten. Uh, for Collingwood. Uh, and we ended up trading, uh, and then we, we also got pick 11 as compensation for Dale Thomas going to Carlton as a free agent. Uh, and we traded that to, we traded that to GW, uh, traded that to West Coast for pick six and they picked up a few other players. So we managed to trade up, right? So we've gone to pick six. So pick six, we picked a guy called Matthew Schoenberg. Uh, unfortunately, Schoenberg was an absolute star, but had a lot of issues with his body and, and all that. With pick number 10, we picked up another gun called Nathan Freeman. Now, somehow, Collingwood has managed to go to the draft and pick two players, one of whom is injured perpetually, the other one who looks like an absolute star in the first half of his uh, of his debut in a pre-season game, and then after that, pings his hamstring and is never the same player ever again. And it's just one of those Collingwood shit me moments that just will per- it perennially shits me. Oh, I just cannot, I cannot put it any other way. It's just absolutely, uh, it's just absolutely mesmerizing that Collingwood as a football club can have so much shit luck also, but also so much stupidity um, that unfortunately we have two top 10 picks and both of them turn out into injury, injury clusterfucks and disasters. Like Matthew Schoenberg's played, um, like, literally these are his games that he's played, right? He's played zero, he played zero games in 2014, four in 2015, zero in 2016, 10 in 2017, in 2018, he's a firm part of our defence. He plays all the games for the entire season. He's, uh, or I think he might have missed one. It's round 19. He, he does his ACL against Richmond, for goodness sakes. He comes back and plays seven games at the end of last year. But I mean, the poor bloke is literally, he is literally given everything, um, and I, I don't blame him at all, but he's just so bloody injury prone, it could only happen to Collingwood. Um, and, and probably the, shit, the thing that shits me the most is, we trade with fucking West Coast, and I'm going to swear, because we trade with those pricks West Coast again, and then somehow West Coast, I'll get to the, my next point when I say again, so West Coast with 11, pick up a guy from Subiaco called Dom Sheep, and everyone knows what he's done. Um, so literally, in one draft, we've managed to totally kill. Uh, uh, you know, we we miss out on a guy like Paddy Cripps. Uh, oh man, it's just it, it is genuinely Collingwood shit me stuff. You know, we miss out on a guy like Patrick Cripps, um, Cameron McCarthy, Zach Jones who plays at St Kilda. Um, there's a few other ones in here too, like you know Dan McStay that's a Brisbane. Zach Merritt went to twenty uh, twenty six to Essendon. I mean, look at the amount of players we could have picked up, and instead we've got, you know, unfortunately, injury, Orazio Fantasia, Jaden Hunt, and instead we've got injury-prone injury, injury, um, injury prone basket cases as players, and it really, really aggravates me a lot, um, and it, it really annoys me, because I just, oh, I just, oh, it's one of those calling shit me moments, um, especially when we trade with the side and the player that they end up picking up, um, 
is basically the one that comes back to haunt us in a grand final. So that, oh, that just always shits me. Um, now listen to this. Now 2004, number four moment for me here, right? 2004 AFL draft. We've had a shit season. I think we had we pick seven in that draft just because of the way that I think the priority picks were at the, the top of the draft that, that year. So the dogs, Hawthorne and Richmond got three priority picks and then they had their three. So we were the next cab off the rank at pick seven. Collingwood was that year. All right. So Collingwood pick, decide. So Collingwood's recruiting team at the time decided that they were going to trade pick seven to Hawthorne uh, for, I believe, uh, so we traded Bo Nixon and Pick seven to Hawthorne. Um, so Bo Nixon's actually a lawyer now, I think. Um, I think he played a couple of games at Hawthorne. He played two or three at Collingwood. But he's a lawyer now, so he's, he's one of these different cats. Um, we traded pick seven and Bo Nixon to Hawthorne for pick 10 and 37. Right? So with pick seven, uh, Hawthorne recruit Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis, um, he was he was actually on the, on the radar of Collingwood. And Collingwood thought that he'd drop. Um, that he would drop a bit and he wouldn't go at pick uh, he wouldn't go at pick seven he'd got he'd be still around at pick ten so Collingwood traded down to get Jordan Lewis teams are now trading up in the same draft to get a player that they want Collingwood traded down um, ridiculous shit ridiculous Jordan Lewis played 319 games at Melbourne and Hawthorne he played 264 at Hawthorne 55 at Melbourne he was the uh, Hawthorne best and fairest in 2014 the Peter Crimmins medalist played in four premierships and it was an All-Australian he was picked up at pick seven. Collingwood at pick 10 picked up a guy called Chris Egan who played four seasons at Collingwood and he played 27 games and 22 goals. Majestic, mercurial in his day, but I don't think uh, committed enough probably to play consistent league football uh, above that sort of standard, um, unfortunately, with, with Chrissy, Chrissy Egan. Um and then we pick 37. So with pick 37, oh, actually, in that same draft, I've just gone past it. I've just recognised. Pick 23, we pick up a guy called Sean Rusling, who literally could have been anything. He was an absolute star. The guy was a sort of key position forward uh, and, and you know, punched above his weight. He's only 197 centimetres or 90, 190 centimetres. But he's a really good player, played on the list from 2005 to 2010, played his last AFL game in 2008. I think he, he smashed his shoulder on a footy trip. Like, he actually needed... He fell off a chair and smashed his shoulder that badly that he, he needed a reconstruction, unfortunately. Poor Sean Rusling. Um, but he kicked, I remember he kicked four goals. Uh, I think he might have kicked... Kicked some goals against uh, against Sydney. Sydney in 2007, and he played in our finals run in 2007 did Sean Rusling. Uh, so good on him. He kicked a couple of goals against Geelong in that prelim. But yeah, that was his second last game of league footy. So I forgot about that. But yeah, another another unfortunate Collingwood injury story. Um, but pick 37. So with pick 37, Mick Malthouse decides to trade pick 37. who was a guy called Chad Morris for to the West Coast Eagles for a guy called Chad Morrison. He was a serviceable player for the Eagles. I think he played 100 or so games. Uh, came to Collingwood, only played a couple of years. But... Uh, whatever he was at the end of his career. Uh, pick 37 for the Eagles. The Eagles pick up a guy called Mark LaCroix. You might have heard of him. 219 games, 441 goals. All-Australian player, premiership player in 2018. Uh, and Eagles leading goal kicker a couple of times as well. LaCroix, a.k.a. the Frenchman, 
also plays in that 2018 grand final uh, as she does. And I think in that grand final, that's his that's his last game. He retires after that, uh, does old, old Frenchie Lacroix. And uh, in that game, I'm trying to, I'm having a look at his stats. He doesn't, he doesn't actually kick a goal, but, you know, he still plays. He's, he's still uh, he's still a West Coast Premiership player and Collingwood players don't have that Premiership. So, yeah, literally Collingwood shipped me moments. So, literally, Collingwood thought that we would trade down a pick and get uh, Jordan Lewis. We didn't. We missed out on a bloke who ended up playing full on premierships and 350, you know, 320 games of league footy. And then we also missed out on a bloke who played 230 games of league footy. I mean, you genuinely could not make this shit up. This is Collingwood shit, you sort of stuff. Right? Number three. Number three for me is Collingwood's perpetual soft tissue and ACL injury since 2012. Now, in 2012, I think Collingwood finished fourth after the home away season. We lost in the prelim. But it was actually a pretty good effort because... We had a new coach, first year coach in Nathan Buckley, and we had about five ACL injuries during the year. Since then, in the last five years, Collingwood has literally been number one. I think the only thing Collingwood is number one for in the last eight years is games missed through injury. Our players literally cannot stop missing injuries. It it just absolutely shits me. It, oh, it, it absolutely it absolutely shits me. Like our ground is the training ground that we train on is clearly cooked. Like in the last two weeks. Ben Reed and Adam Trelaw have injured calves, for fuck's sakes, calves. Um, oh, just shit, it genuinely shits me, right? It genuinely shits me. Guys like Daniel Wells come to Collingwood. Unfortunately, he just can't get on the bloody park. He's a star football. He's got all the talent in the world. Can't get him on the park. Guys like Tim Broomhead, Matthew Scharenberg, as I said, Nathan Freeman. The list goes on and on. Sean Rusling. I mean, oh, Rusling was a bit before that time, but there's something wrong there. And the amount of soft tissue injuries. I mean, Adam Trelaw was a, a gut-running you know, line-breaking midfielder. He tore both hamstrings at the same time in 2018. Just, oh, just mind-boggling stuff. Um, I'm really, it, to be honest, it really shits me. Like, imagine going to the football every week and knowing that your side is going to have more injuries than the other side because that's what happens at Collingwood. Uh, and it's, unfortunately, it really pisses me off, right? It really, really pisses me off. Uh, I cannot cannot mention it uh, in, any, in any other way. Um, other than, other than it just annoys me, and I've, I'm just sick and tired of going to the football and watching Collingwood, um, you know, pl- Collingwood players get injured. It just, it, it's not fun. Uh, it's not great, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much over it. Um, number two on my list is the 2018 Grand Final. Some will say, why is this not number one? Um, look, it's too sad, uh, but there's a reason. Oh, it just shits me. The game was just. Uh, the, the game genuinely killed me. Like, I genuinely felt distraught. Um, not only the fact that the week before, the Mighty Lions of Collegians had gone out and Kevin's by five points. West Coast also won by five points. We are up for most of the game. Not all of the game, but, but most of the game, Collingwood is up. Um, and we just could not get that ball. And the Eagles kept coming and coming and coming. And, you know what, I just knew when... You know what, it sounds weird, but... I just knew when she took that mark, I thought, you know what, he's a left footer, right side, it's going to open up for him, he'll kick this, he did, he, he split the centre, they've been so many easier ones um, before that, in the, in the previous sort of 15 minutes of the game, but yeah, like, literally, it's Collingwood shit me sort of stuff, and I mean, the first time in the game, you know, Collingwood five goals up with two minutes to go in the first quarter, we three goals up at, 19 points up at half time, Collingwood shit me, um, due, due to a couple of late goals, um, the first time the Eagles hit the front is the is the twenty minute mark, yeah, the twenty minute mark of the third quarter, 
Now, literally, the reason why they've hit the mark, hit the lead, is there's been a kick that's gone across field, it's stuffed up, it's gone straight to Elliot Yo, he's taken the mark. But the Collingwood runner, who's a guy called Alex Woodward, no no fault of his own, he just happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, delivering a message, and just Jaden Stevenson tries to cut in, um, and because of that shit poor kick, unfortunately, he doesn't get there in time. Um, and, and this poor runner, right, and Alex Woodward has literally had five knee reconstructions. He's one of the, you know, I don't know him personally, but I know a few people that do, and they say, you won't need a nicer bloke, and I don't discount that one bit, and I don't blame him at all. But I thought to myself, you know what, that is the most Collingwood thing of all time, and I knew that he was the runner. I'd seen him a few times before that doing the running, and I thought to myself, fuck me, that is the most Collingwood thing of all time. Here is this bloke who's had five knee reconstructions. He's the nicest guy in the world. He's trying his heart out, just doing his job as the runner, and just happens to be, you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time when a shit shank kick goes directly between him, a Collingwood player, and an Eagles player, and they hit the lead for the first time in the game. I thought, you know what, fuck me, that is just that is Collingwood shit me all over. Like that, that is a curse. Like I don't care what anyone says, that is a genuine curse. Um, you just don't get rid of stuff like that. Just stuff like stuff like that doesn't happen to Richmond. I mean, Richmond were crap for thirty five years, basically the best part of thirty five years. You know, they might have been crap, but they weren't cursed on the main, on the biggest stage like Collingwood were, you know. Anthony Rocker not being given, that's another thing that shits me. Oh, I probably should, that, that gets up there. Anthony Rocker not being given that friggin' goal, that bloody goal, absolutely shits me. But that's more an external issue rather than a Collingwood issue. Um, so that's why that doesn't go in the top 10. But that goal in 2002, that was a bloody goal. I was behind that. And literally, that was a bloody goal. I don't care what anyone says. Um... Uh, number one for me, so oh, enough of the 2018 grand final. The 2011 grand final, we've literally lost three games for the whole year. Um, we've lost to Geelong. They're the only side we've played against. Oh, I can't remember the round, but probably would have been about round eight or nine. Uh, we lose to Geelong by, yeah, it was round eight. We lose to Geelong. Um, and then we lose by three points after Scott Pendlebury takes a, um, a quick kick from an advantage that should have been given, got pulled back, and then um, there was a missed behind or whatever, and you know how it is with Collingwood. The, these things just weren't meant to be. That's that's all That's all that was. It just wasn't meant to be um, that night. And then in round 24, we played Geelong, and um, we decided not to turn up, even though we've got our full side in, and uh, we lose by uh, 96 points. So Geelong literally have the, the wood over us psychologically uh, going into that game into the last game of the season being the, the grand final. Uh, and we played Geelong. Now, what shits me the most about this game, right, is literally in the first four minutes of the game, Geelong killed us. They kicked two goals too. The two goals are kicked by a guy called Travis Varco. He's playing on Leon Davis. Now, Leon Davis... Now, Travis Varco probably plays, oh, to that point, the best game of his career. 21 disposals, three goals in a grand final. Um, he, was, he was unbelievable. But Leon Davis, he'd been All-Australian that year. Varco gave him a bath, literally like Leon was social distancing that day from Travis Varco. He was nowhere near him. Um, Varco just taught him a football lesson, uh, but the game was the game was kind of there, and you could tell in those early stages that we just weren't ready. We weren't on. Um, we're up by three points. Collingwood's up by three points at uh, at at half time, and then Geelong are up by seven points at three quarter time, and then they end up winning by thirty eight points. But literally, Collingwood has gone the whole season. We played twenty five games. That whole, that whole entire season, we've played 22 against teams other than Geelong. We've beaten 22 times, and we've lost. We've managed to piss up against the wall, the most dominant season of all time. Now, 
a lot of people will tell me, uh, a lot of people who are sort of a, an older generation of my father's generation, I've got a couple of mates who are big Collingwood men too, and their dad's a big Collingwood fans too, and I ask them, because they're a little bit older, they probably would have been um, a little bit older than I was, or, or a little bit older than my dad was at the time, probably by only by a couple of years, but makes a bit of a difference, especially when you're young. But a lot of people say to me that the best sides that played, the best Collingwood side they ever saw play uh, was was always the 1973 Collingwood side. Um, so we're talking about guys like, just in terms of genuine talent. Um, so I'm talking, I'm just having a look at the, um, the, the, guy, the, the players that were in that side. Um, so... There's a there's a young young rover by the name of Ronnie Weirmouth coming through. Um, there's there's the Richardson brothers Max and Wayne who are terrific footballers. Wayne the, the son of Mark Richardson, Len Thompson, Barry Price, uh, uh, Graham Jenkin, Peter McKenna gets somewhat dropped for the preliminary final even though he's the best um, best you know best kick in football and. Yeah, Royce Royce Hart gets off his deathbed, um, and Richmond win by seven points in the preliminary final. And everyone sort of says to me, they said seventy three is the best Collingwood side we've ever seen of, of that era. I still reckon the twenty eleven side is the most dominant I've ever seen. Um, in two thousand ten, we built in the season, we peaked at the right time. Two thousand eleven, we just destroyed sides most of the year. That's that's what we did. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't win the grand final, and that's what shits me. Like I look back and I think. There's nothing worse. Now, let me tell you, there's nothing worse than going on a train, and I've done it twice in my life on a train, and I've done it a couple of times before in a car. There's nothing worse than getting on a train after a grand final knowing that your side's lost and they probably, they could have won. Not like you got beaten by 100 points, or not like you got beaten by eight goals and you're totally out of it, you know. Oh, it just pisses me off. And there's, there's shit, things that shit me, right? The whole Malthouse saga played out in 2011. That's what pisses me off the most is it sort of all became about Mick and setting him off in the right way and, you know, will he go or won't he, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like all this sort of crap that was going on. It was just a sideshow and it just distracted the players. It really, it really aggravated me, actually. I mean, I think it's, I think it's actually a big, re, you know, a big part of the reason why we weren't, uh, you know, Collingwood wasn't very good on grand final day. We genuinely, uh, we struggled, and uh, I'll never forget it. It just, I oh, just never, just did not sit well with me one bit. What what happened that day, um, and it never will. I just can't get over it. It just feels like you just pissed away a whole season, like a, a genuine season where you were the best side. You should have won the grand final, and you didn't. Um, pisses me off that, you know, a guy like James Podsy Adley, who was a great story, who tried so hard, he gets injured in the first five minutes of the game, literally, or, yeah, like the first the first quarter of the game, Pods goes off. Um, and then all of a sudden, Ben Reid, who's playing on one leg, is playing on Tom Hawkins. And Tom Hawkins ends up looking like, you know, the reincarnation of Dermot Burton, Jason Dunstall, and Wayne Carey rolled into one um, with a little bit of, <laughs> with a little bit of Adam Goods on top of that, playing as a forward too. Like, what did Hawkins kick that day? I think he kicked three goals. Kicked three goals, three. Um, and most of his goals, though, all his goals were kicked in the third quarter um, when he was playing basically on Ben Reid, who was playing on one leg. So, oh, just 
and it's just the inability of mold has to shift another player onto him like Tarrant oh just piss me off that day so much just piss me off the guy's hot put your best defender on him like it's not that hard it's not rocket science even I know that um, you could put Maxwell onto him but oh it just it just never sits well with me and I mean guys like you know Swanee Taz, you know Taz I wish he got a premiership I wish Swanee was a dual premiership player like all this sort of stuff right it just oh it just wasn't good I just think that that was that was one of those games that we'll look back uh in time and just think yep that was uh that was just not that was just not meant to be it was not um it's just not uh not not the one not the one that we wanted it just was the one that got away and yeah i'll i'll never forget that um oh just just pisses me off it pisses me off a lot actually so that is why Conor shits me, and and literally I could go on for 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 hours and hours and hours, and I mean even like just even bullshit. Like I'm just reading now, like Dane Beams, I think he had a pretty shit game a couple of weeks before the the prelim and the qualifying finals, but he gets replaced, and we bring in for solo, and for solo and Blair between them have seven touches, like far out, like genuinely, I know, like they're doing their best and stuff, but oh, oh I mean Mitch Duncan comes on. Yeah, um, for Podsy Adley it's the sub and kicks a goal like just little stuff like that like it just you know it just shot me to bits like I just oh that was probably the, and that was probably the first time that was probably the first time as anything other than like a slightly older child that I felt genuinely disappointed like I was upset when we lost in 2002 and 2003 but I didn't put them on my CSM files I was a bit too young back then and it, I didn't appreciate it as much but literally 2011 just disappointed me so much. And yeah, unfortunately, Collingwood's given me a lot of disappointment. Um, and I'm sure, hope, hopefully your sporting teams give you a bit more uh, joy than mine does. But yeah, that's that's where I sit. So that's what, what shits me. So I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to me ranting. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a good night. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Watch some rugby league. Calm the Mighty Bunnies tonight against the Mighty Sydney Roosters, you know, the Piss Week Sydney Roosters. So go the Mighty Bunnies um, and get up for that. So thanks a lot for listening. I'll be back shortly.